Feeling the love so much here. Very good. Well, we're going to move this just very quickly because this is a waste of time. That tends to get in the way, this table. So just remove that. I'd love you all just to close your eyes. Who's expecting something here tonight? Three people. That's great. Uh, I believe that there is a great opportunity if we actually, and I believe Pastor John has been toy leaning in to what is happening. So I'd love you to close your eyes. And Father, I thank you that as we gather here this evening, Lord, in your house, this is your house. These are your people. That Father, that which we cannot, you can. And in Jesus' mighty name, I pray that, Lord, the atmosphere in which we are in this house this evening, I pray that that atmosphere shall stir, shall empower, shall release that which people have been believing for. For nothing is impossible with our God. And in Jesus' mighty name today, I pray that your name shall be exalted in all that we do this evening in your house. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's put our hands together and thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Wonderful. Well, grab a seat. And we're going to get right into this. I'm going to release the band. I've noticed in this church, uh, you have a sort of land of the giants. I feel quite short here. Constantly, I just keep talking to people and I'm getting a bit of a neg egg in the background. But uh, this, is, this is a great church. As Pastor John and Danielle, your senior pastors, you know the best thing you do for this church? You've got to pray many. I love this 24-7. But you actually keep your pastors in prayer 24-7. One of the things you get, if you look after the top, everything flows from the top down. We get touched because we are keeping them in check and also very much keeping them in prayer. And honestly, tonight, I'm really believing that God can do things here that possibly we haven't been able to shift or change. And uh, my keyboard has left, but he will return very quickly. Um, I forgot I released everybody too quick. Come on, man. You've been around a long time, so have I, and you've been doing the business with me for years. But we're going to have a great night. And I really just the whole idea is that you know, even this afternoon, I was just doing a bit of a study and then preparing that. And yesterday um, afternoon, I went for a run and just had a bit of a pray. And the feeling is that this church, again, the atmospheres are being contended for of this house. And that which is contended is not contended by man, it is contended by a spiritual entity and force, which is opposed to anything God has for us as a church, as a community. And you need to understand this, that again, it makes reference of being the prince of the air. He's a prince. He's not a king. He contends for atmospheres. And I want to say to you here tonight, and we'll walk through this this evening. I'm going to be preaching, praying, let, giving God space. But the reality is that the atmosphere in which you live every day, like the air in which you breathe, without air, your life comes to a very quick close. But the air in which you breathe is determined upon the prayer in which you pray. This week is more significant, and I'm only here by accident, nothing's by accident, but to remind you that the 24-7, the week in which you are praying for, has more to do about your future than it actually has to do about your current position. But remember, God casts vision about where you'll be going, but he lives in the position of now. 
And I want to bring to your attention that, again, the most powerful atmosphere that a church or individual can live within is the atmosphere of resurrection. Not death, but resurrection. And I want to talk to you from the book of John, chapter 20, looking at a number of lives and how they managed an incredible disappointment. But I'd love you just to all close your eyes just one more time for me. Because I know this atmosphere here this evening, it has just shifted into a new position of possibility for every single one of you. And Father, that which you bring, in which we struggle, we contend, we fight, we, Lord, when you command and speak a word, the prince of the air has no power. All darkness loses its ability. All darkness fades and light comes. And for this house, Lord, I thank you that for this house, for that which you have given so much is in your house for your people. For what we cannot do in this atmosphere, we ask you to do it. Miracle is not a word. It is an experience. Healing is not a performance or an action. It is something you've given your life for. Salvation is why you gave all for so many yet you saw every single one of us as individuals. I pray in this atmosphere, everything is possible with our Lord and our God. Amen. You see, there's a shift of atmospheres. You've just got to command atmospheres. It's entirely up to us. God bring it. He does. But we must embrace it to release his atmosphere and his presence and his power. You go, wow, this is presence. I love this presence. I love the presence. But I'm not seeking the presence. When the presence, I feel the presence. I know one thing. He is present. And when he is present, all things become possible. Amen. Travis, where are you? Where's Travis, my man? Come over here. Bring that piece of paper with you. Well read. See, another one. Look at that. Give me, give me a ladder. Just give me a small ladder I can stand on here tonight. How are you, man? Good meeting you. Don't know anything about you, but it sounds good. Where's your piece of paper? That was awesome. I love that. You went through that incredibly well. That's the way you used to do it. This is the way you do it today. You do not need to bring order to your world according to having order. You have order because he has given you order. You need to understand this. There is more of you in your naturalness of being you 
than having to prescribe to a script, a means, or a method. Close your eyes. You haven't seen anything yet. But that which I have placed in you, I shall ignite at a greater dimension in which you have not seen or understood. My son went into the waters of baptism, and again heavens was open, as you have experienced yourself. He came forth, and my spirit came upon him, which empowered him to do all that he was called to do. Then he left that place. He walked through the most challenging moments, yet he came through in power and a new dimension of that which he had been called to. Yet it started all in a position of prayer. For the next 18 months, some may say this is a burden. Others would say it is from heaven. How will you say this over the next 18 months? I shall call you at specific times to come and pray in the middle of the evening. And as you come and pray, you shall create a dimensional shift for your life and for so many others. This is a brand new day. For it is not your day, it is my day. And my power is in your life because I have given you all. And you shall receive everything that I have given to you. Watch what I will do. You do not need to perform when I give the direction, give the guidance and the power. And you'll miss nothing in Jesus' mighty name. Father, amen. You miss nothing when you stay on the front foot. Pastor John's message this morning, from which I have heard from reliable sources, Russell. They told me you're reliable. I'm trusting the word on the street. John chapter 20 verse 1 starts like this. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one that Jesus loved. Don't you love that? What about that? The disciple that Jesus loved. The disciple that Jesus really loved. This is John talking about himself. I love this. This is not written as a young man who's just experiencing, I've got to work out what this humility is. No. This is a mature man, someone of the ilk of Russell and maturity. Oh, wise one in the front row. Had walked many years, and here he is. His humanity is still seen. That's what I love about the gospel. What I love about our walk in God, God doesn't remove all of our humanity and clone us. Our uniqueness and our strengths and weaknesses are still seen irrespective. Believe it or not, Pastor John, after all these years, is close to perfect. Daniel's perfected, but then Pastor John is close to perfection. Because, yes, it's who you spend time with is always a determining factor. But humanity, I love this about John. 
So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the, the one that Jesus really loved. They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and I don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He went bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head, the cloth or the napkin, which had been folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, thank you, John, also went inside. He saw and believed, yet they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to be risen from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying, back to their homes. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I do not know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked the woman, why are you crying? And who is that you are looking for? Thinking he, or he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. But it also means the one who has given all. Incredible. I love that verse of Scripture, and there's so much in that verse of Scripture, but I love chapter 20 because I love what's happening in verse 19. What's happening in verse 19, you might say, well, get your Bible and read it one day. But it suddenly says, and then the disciples were all gathered, and Jesus appeared. Just turned up, rocked up, miraculously appears. Love this. I preached that I don't know how many times, Pastor John, more than I. But you know what? We can be in such a rush to get somewhere that we miss so much of what is happening now. Verse 1, I'm very quickly traveling through this because I want to pray for some people I believe that significant things can happen, not because I'm here, but because he is here. And what he can shift and change in our life simply because we just give him permission to change things. It's about giving permission to him. He can do nothing unless we give him permission. Your choice. Mary Magdalene, it says, and still it was early in the morning and darkness was still over the land. She's traveling to a place of disappointment. Everything the disciples and Mary had believed in a moment of time was stripped from them. They had believed so much. They all saw themselves in positions of authority. They saw again of Israel being restored, the Romans being kicked out, Jesus restoring everything. But they all saw their own little, hey, I got a spot in this. Mary Magdalene goes back to a place of disappointment. Everything had been stolen and taken from her, her hopes, her dreams. And maybe there are a few people here this evening who believe for God to do things. 
yet had not seen. And Travis, I need to tell you as well, part B to this is simply this. God is moving in your family even though you cannot see what he is doing. He has already started to move well beyond what you can see in your family today. If you just hear that word and stay with it, watch what he does. Mary goes there in disappointment. Why would a woman travel at night? Let me tell you, no man would travel at night in Israel in those days. You would be a fool to travel alone, even as a man. Even men traveling together would consider it or reconsider. Let's let the light come. Why? Because only robbers and thieves moved around. Your life was cheap and your life could be taken from you in a moment for a simple coin. Life was cheap. Why does a woman go back to a place of disappointment when everything has been stolen and taken from her? You know, when I saw that, I thought this. Mary's putting her life on the line. Where's the disciples who said, Lord, they may forsake you, but I never will. Where are all the disciples who said, we will follow you until the ends of the earth, irrespective. Where are all the disciples? Why does Mary Magdalene? Well, of course we know why. It's Mary Magdalene. Well, who is she? Well, we know. Who is Mary Magdalene? Well, Mary Magdalene is a woman of the night. You see, she lurked around and she did her business in the evening in the darkness, traveling. Because if you were found out to be doing business, a woman who had a slight reputation around the town would be put to death because of her activities as a harlot. She knows a way around, Greg. You see, that's why she moved in the darkness. Really? Is this the woman we are talking about? The one Jesus said, caught in the act of adultery, and Jesus said, no longer shall you commit to this lifestyle. Your sins are forgiven. Change your lifestyle. Is this Mary Magdalene? Well, of course it is, because somewhere in there, Magdalene is giving reference to her, as we know, the name that you got, like Jesus, was Jesus of Nazareth, is reference to where you grew up, your, your location, your town, or Jesus, the, the son of Joseph, the relationship of your lineage, your lifeline, your family background, or Jesus the carpenter. Aha! Magdalene, profession. There it is. Incorrect. A similar word, but an incorrect word. So who is this woman, Mary Magdalene? Mary Magdalene is a woman who was misunderstood. I'd love you to stand up if you could. Don't take this out of context, please. Who is Mary Magdalene? Can I just quickly fast track this for you? Look into Luke 8, verses 1 and 2. And the disciples traveled around, and in that, the disciples traveled with Jesus, and so did a number of men and women who supported and funded their work and ministry. Luke chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. And guess who's in the middle of it? Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene is giving reference to Mary Magdalene, the woman from Magdala by the Sea of Tiberias, the Sea of Galilee. Misunderstood. How did that happen in the 6th century? How did that happen? 
Pope Gregory, unfortunate name. A lot of you miss it. My name's Greg. Obviously, Gregory, when you're in trouble. Pope Gregory decided because there's a few little things happening amongst the women, starting to, their voice was starting to be raised. Let's squash this and actually create again. Let's make a statement to all and get women right back on track. And Mary Magdalene, who was a woman who loved Jesus, gave all to Jesus and was one who supported everything and was misunderstood through the centuries. And I can guarantee today here, even us ago, I thought she was exactly right. The fact is, sometimes we listen to what is being said about people, but we've never taken the time to find out about them personally. We see people in church all the time. We've heard about them. Have you got to know them? Don't live off the words of others, especially with people by the name of Gregory. Obviously, trouble and bring. How are you? Good. You're wondering what I'm going to say in light of what I have said. And guess what? So am I right now. Close your eyes. Jesus has watched you closely. He has walked with you. He has seen the things in which you have walked away from and the things in which you have given up to stand and be here even this day. Understand this, he hasn't missed anything. Irrespective of what people have said, irrespective of what people have thought in the past and made comment concerning you, do not allow the past words impress you for your current position or for, for what you are believing. Understand this. He has walked with you and he, he will never leave you nor shall he ever forsake you. Hold that word and do not let the words of yesterday define your position of today or tomorrow. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. Mary Magdalene comes back. Where are the disciples? The ones who said, they said a lot. Why does Mary Magdalene turn up and not Peter, John, James, all these guys who had traveled all these years? One reason. What is that? You see, Mary Magdalene, as you read in Luke 8, says that she was delivered not of spirits of in of adultery or evil, of infirmity. She had sickness in her body. And she followed Jesus and she felt the power of Jesus in her life. She felt the hand of Jesus in her life. And guess what? What about John? What about Peter? What about James? They had seen what Jesus could do. They had heard, experienced what he could do. Yet they had never felt the touch of his power the day the church pushes away the power from being an integral part of what the church is about and that is presence and experience is the saddest day on the planet the power of god is for every single one of us in this place In the coming 10 days, you'll close your eyes, please. I'd love you to stand. Close your eyes.
he will visit you. As you sleep, you will feel things shifting and changing in your life. The day you shall awaken for the night before you shall have felt even a heaviness upon you. But by morning, you will feel the power of the release of his presence being present with you. And over the next 10 days, you watch things which refuse to fall into place begin to fall into place for you in Jesus' name. Jesus turns up, touches a woman who cannot push away from him, but is driven back in her disappointment, the power of an experience like tonight, like this morning. Why C3 stands for one thing. We believe in the word of God. Faith is the way you make the transaction of relationship and move forward. Relationship and community is highly crucial to outwork that relationship with God and with one another. But without the touch, you see, all the other disciples had seen, had heard, but never personally experienced. When you are touched by the power, you will turn up in your most disappointing and challenging moment and you'll just keep showing up. Why? I don't know, but I just feel I have to. Correct. That's the power of God. The day the church says, we tried it, it didn't work. You know, the saddest day on the planet would be this. I've had this thought many times. Arrive in heaven and obviously you arrive there and Jesus goes, hey, Greg, so good to see you. I go, yeah, so good to see you. Oh, I made it. He goes, yeah. A little bit shaky there for a while, but you made it. Yep, I got through. It's, yeah, so good to see you. Greg. Yeah. Hey, Lord, you, look, I just got a few little questions. Not much. I, I know you've got a lot going on right now. Can I just ask you something? You know, I was really believing for this in my life and that situation, circumstance. Oh, yeah. Man, I remember. You are so good at that. You know when you prayed? You were humming. I loved it when you prayed. You Man, you're punching it out. Wow, thanks. Thanks a lot. Did a pretty good job. Yeah. Yeah, great job. Just a question. Why didn't it happen? Well, interesting you say that, Greg. 131. 131, what do you mean? Oh, prayers, man. Solid. 124, solid. Last couple, a bit weak. Then you just... Stop. I go, and? Yeah, 137. No way! You mean I missed it by six? Yeah. So what about, and that, ah, oh, wouldn't that be a bad day? Because you just didn't keep pushing on and going the extra mile for extra moments to capture something in God. Amen? This week is more significant than you realize. It is not doing an hour. It's standing on the promise for the house of God and for you personally. This is a life-changing moment in the history of C3 Kiwana Waters. Significant. She rocks up and she says, hey, Peter. She runs. John, someone's flogged Jesus. Has anyone felt like that some days? I can't. Some days like, well, you don't really feel like you're around. 
No, no, no. Sometimes we lose our understanding. And we have this faith and feeling conflict. It's not conflict. Faith and feeling isn't conflict. Shouldn't never be. Could I challenge you on that very point? You are driven by your emotions. Close your eyes for me. Let your decision. Wow. He's got this. I just need to tell you. He has got this. But he will never force you. Never force you. Now look at me. It's going to be okay for you. It's going to be okay for you. Someone has stolen the Lord. And then it says, I love this. The two disciples head off. And as they're running towards, again, the tomb, the place of disappointment. They weren't there. Mary was. They run. I love this. And it says, and the one that the Lord really loved arrives there first in front of Peter. Can I just help you with this? Nobody, nobody outruns or beats Peter. Peter is the motor mouth from the south. He's the guy who gets the women, the girls. He gets everything. Nobody beats Peter. Wait a minute. John does. Let's just have a little bit of an understanding scriptively of what John looks like. John is a really nice guy, and he's quite creative. He's, he's running to the tomb because he's like, wow, someone's stolen Jesus. Really? Peter goes, let's go. And John goes, yeah, let's go. Wow, let's go to the tomb. Whoa, that's a really nice sunrise. Wow. Look at that. Hey, P Pete, Pete, look at the sun. Mary. Oh, the tomb, the tomb. Oh, okay, wait a minute. He's a creative guy. Look what he sees in the spirit. Incredible. He's super creative. Why does someone so intentional and focused like Peter, nobody gets there before Peter. Why does John, who's smelling the roses, watching sunrises arrive at a place of disappointment before Peter? Disappointment? No. Simply this. John arrives. Peter follows for one reason. Regret. His past actions still held him bondage and slowed his position and his pace to where he should be going to find his future. Regret will slow us all down. I want every man in this place to stand right now. Every single man. If you agree with me right now, every man in this place right now, Jesus has already done the work. He can do no more. But every man standing, if you agree, when I pray this prayer, you will say amen. That Father, for that which we have done in our own lives, in our minds, in our private life, in the past, today, Father, you made a covenant with us when we said, Jesus, forgive us 
You made a decision to forgive. But Lord, unless we give ourselves permission to be, to be free from the past, the actions of yesterday, we'll never find the freedom of today and our future for tomorrow. And in Jesus' mighty name, by the power that is in that name and no other name, let every man in this place today, let today be a brand new beginning that today in Jesus' name, they are forgiven in Jesus' mighty name. And every man said, Amen. You may be seated. You see, it's not what he has done. It's us owning his decision and words in which he has given to us. He, Peter was slowed because of simply the actions of the past. You have to understand that when Peter was denying Jesus, which is all done so very poetically and wonderful, as we read literature and see all the incredible artwork, Peter would deny Jesus three times saying simply this, no, I did not know him. No, no, a servant girl said, no, 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 you knew him. Oh, no, no, I didn't know him. A third time he said, a woman said, no, 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 you're one of them. I know you are. We've seen you. Oh, no, you've got me wrong. Three denials. Didn't go like that at all. It starts like, I know him not. I know nothing of this man. Second time, I do not know him. He starts to swear, denying God, cursing God. And then the third time, when he denies Jesus, even in the Hebrew translation, translated in Greek, but the Hebrew, they go dot, 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 because of what he said, any man would be basically stoned to death immediately because of his accusation and denial of God. He doesn't just go, oh, I don't know him. Peter, when he was committed, was committed. Also, you have to understand, I'm standing here. Peter is being accused, cursing like no man is cursed. Jesus is probably where that wall is. Just on the, again, the landing above, open walls. He's hearing everything that Peter is doing. He's listening to the denial. Incredible. Incredible story. No time to go there. Check it out yourself. But the fact is, Jesus is listening. Jesus' head is bowed. Peter sees the rejection or the pain in which Jesus is going because of his denial. Yet one of the most fascinating things that I find in all of this, Jesus couldn't help Peter. You've got to ask yourself this question. Why is Peter back in the house of God two days later? After rejecting God like no man has rejected him before, God has heard everything of his denial. What causes him to turn up in the house of God? It wasn't God. It was John, a friend who walked with Peter he didn't reject him he said you've been a complete idiot now come back to the house of God because you have no other option I would love 
even as we travel through this time of prayer. It's over 24-7. God, we pray. You know, sometimes people just need a John to rock up to help people get back to the place they know they should be, but they don't have because of their rejection and denial the power to do it themselves. They need a John. Concluding thoughts. Get ready. They arrive at the tomb. They go in. They see the strips of linen lying, cast which surrounded his body on the ground. But then they notice something unusual, and it says that again the headcloth which had surrounded Jesus' head was folded upon the slab and it was more than likely a slab and where the body had been laid ready to be embalmed and processed to ensure that again the heat and all the rest of it wouldn't allow the decay to happen too quickly but there was the headcloth folded what's that about just a thought even just in modern culture and our society but also in Jewish culture cleanliness was a high priority in everything when they would gather, and again, the host would invite a whole lot of guests around to be seated around the table. All the food and all the wine was upon the table. And the servants would usher in all the guests to be seated around the table to recline, to be seated. And there upon the table was the food. There was usually a plate in which they could put their food upon and also a napkin. Follow me quickly. You see, the servants had prepared everything. They would, after they had everyone seated, out of sight non-visible and then the guest would eat and get one guest would get up and he would get his napkin and cast it upon the table and walk away but his plate was filled with food and what we would normally say the food was saying simply that he hasn't finished because he hasn't cleaned his plate there's still he's hardly touched his meal he'll be back or another guest would fold his napkin and the plate was empty again we would think straight away the plate is empty he's finished let's move the plate not in Jewish culture you see every servant out of sight not visible we're not looking for what was happening what was visible before their eyes whether the plate was full or empty they were looking for one thing if guests had left they were looking for one thing to tell them clear the plate Remove them all. The guest is coming back on one thing. That when the serviette was cast upon the table, it was simply saying this, I finished. Irrespective of what you see, I finished. But if it was folded, irrespective, the plate was empty. Obviously, he's eaten. He's not returning. No, no servant moved. They stayed stationary. Why? Because they knew this one thing, that a folded serviette meant, I'll be back. My point to every single one of you right now, there are things in which you have believed for, yet you have not seen stand up right now. You have prayed them, put them down, literally, like something you have been believing for, yet you have not seen those things come to pass. You have left them behind. Things you have left, there are some of you who have left 25 years ago. Some in recent times, 10 years, 5, 7 years. There are areas of disappointment that you have put down because it just hasn't happened. And in Jesus' mighty name, right now, Father, we pray that by your power in this moment, 
the sign of this coming week of prayer, the coming of this simple message, simply awakening us to one thing, you haven't finished yet. Philippians 1 verse 6 says this, being confident of this, the good work the Lord starts, he shall bring it to completion. And in Jesus' mighty name, there is reconciliation, there is healing, there is miracle, there is power in this house today to reestablish and again bring life to that which we have lost hope for. And in Jesus' name, let the miracle begin in these lives here today in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. You may be seated.